2: Got a note here from a uh, texter. Thanks for sending this in. Uh, This texter says, "Big accident on the Henday as you merge from Highway 2 coming south, heading west onto the Henday. So watch that area there, Henday." He says, coming south, heading west on the Henday. So watch for an accident in that area. Thanks a lot for texting in to 630-630. NHL tonight, Sabres up 2-0 on the Panthers early third. Halfway through the third, Anaheim leading Columbus 2-1. And about five minutes left, the Islanders and Carolina are tied 2-2. In the CFL, late in the third quarter, Argos lead the Red Blacks 24-10. Starting in about half an hour, big game in the west. Saskatchewan against Calgary, Sask 10-4. Yes, Rider Nation. I picked them to finish last. I will be wrong. And uh, Calgary's nine and five. I did pick the Riders. I just didn't think with Chris Jones leaving, I didn't think they'd be that good. They've been good. And Collaros goes down on what was it the third play of the year? For comes in. He's been outstanding. Mm-hmm. Good for Rider Nation. Tomorrow, Montreal, Winnipeg, and of course, Eskimos and Lions. Our sports day on 6.30, Chad, will start at 9.30 in the morning with the face-off show, Oilers game at 11, countdown to kickoff at 3.30, Eskimos game at 5. Baseball playoffs, one nothing. Nationals leading the Cardinals. That is in the top of the fourth, and just getting underway at Claire Drake Arena, Alberta Golden Bears, Saskatchewan Huskies, Canada West, hockey, action.
3: of the shootout for his career. Shoots from distance. To win it at the Rock. Dreisaitl went over the blue line. Between the hashes, shoots and scores. This game is over. Leon Dreisaitl has won it in a shootout. 4-3. Edmonton. Oilers. 4-0. Heading to the world's most famous arena.
2: Jack Michaels the play-by-play voice of your Edmonton Oilers. Jack, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing?
3: Reid, always a pleasure, and I'm doing great. I'm in New York City. It's a great road trip to start the year, and of course, as you know, 4-4 four four is not the worst way to start
2: the year. Can't possibly have a better record. Pulled it out last night against the uh, the New Jersey Devils. man. How much fun was that for you during that overtime, buddy? What action? Well, you and I have talked about this. I mean, uh, Look,
3: I don't care how much of a traditionalist you are. That The overtime in the NHL is fantastic. I mean, I, anyone who doesn't like three-on-three, three, and yes, I, I guess you could say when you're talking about rolling out Sidal and Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it's, it's exciting to call those names. But I, I just think the NHL OT is fantastic. and The end-to-end action, you just can't beat it. So it was a great night. I think the real thing that sticks out for me, Reed, through the first week and a half of the season is how the Oilers have won in so many different ways already. And and the season's 10 days old. I mean, if you think about it, they've won with their A game or what we perceive to be their A game, which was in Long Island, which was a line one through four domination of one of the deeper teams in the National Hockey League. And they've also won with, basically a C-plus type of game, which I would characterize the Devils game. And and quite frankly, I think you could make an argument that, you know, Vancouver and L.A., the highest grade you might want to give would be around a B-minus, especially after you saw how well the club played in Long Island. And yet the Oilers have found different ways to win. Three times they've been down with ten minutes to go, and three times they've come out with two points. So, yes, it's early in the year. But, geez, if you're one of those cautiously optimistic people, you've got to feel pretty good right now.
2: Yeah, exciting games for sure, and for sure the game against the Islanders, the best one they've played so far. Going up against the Rangers tomorrow, who have been on a bit of a football schedule. They played last Saturday. <laughs> they're playing tomorrow, so we'll see how they come out.
3: Exactly.
2: Yeah, they're they're
3: 2-0. It's great, Reed. I mean, and the, the other thing is, look, you and I talked about this at the beginning of the season. Oilers, six of their first seven opponents did not make the playoffs. Devils, you know, two back-to-backs to to start the year. Oilers got them on the second of the back to back Sure enough, they tied it late in the third period, even after they hadn't done much in the third period. I'm not sure they wore them down, but they still won it late. And then you've got the Rangers, like you said, with basically a Friday night lights type of schedule, except it's Saturday. Uh, That's the last time the Rangers played. So the Oilers... To this point, have taken advantage of what appeared to be a somewhat favorable schedule at the outset, and the only thing you can ask is that you take advantage of those kind of breaks. You you know you put those points in the bank, and too often, read you and I have gone into games the last couple of years thinking, all right, second of back to back, yada yada yada, whatever the circumstances, and the others have you know just gotten a point or blown an opportunity to really make some hay in the standings and to this point in the season Edmonton has capitalized virtually on every opportunity and I think you know at 4-0 going in to play the New York Rangers who are basically off a mini training camp in and of itself this is a real opportunity they always play well in New York City they won here last year they've had a track record of success at the world's most famous arena granted I expected to play a, a be a fast-paced game. I I have the Rangers in the playoffs. I think they're a dark horse team. But you know what? Edmonton's 4-0 and feeling awfully confident. That's the mood around the team right now, Reed. What I can tell you, if I can tell you anything, is right now, yes, there's a concession that there's 78 games to play. But you know what? They're excited about where they're at. And you know what? They should
2: be. They skated today, Jack. Obviously, you were there. Did you get any sense of what the lineup might be tomorrow, starting goaltender, shuffling in the bottom six, or, or are we still kind of in a in wait-and-see mode for that?
3: I think to some degree we are in a wait-and-see mode. But on the other hand, look, you've got 34 goals on the bench from last year. Alex on with 22, Jarsh Archibald with 12. I quite frankly think, Reed, that both will play. I'm not 100% sure on who's coming out, but I think, you know, two of a possible three, you know, maybe factoring in a Granlund, Patrick Russell, and a Nygaard. I I could see two of those three coming out. I could see theoretically just to get him going because he's healthy and ready to play would be chase on flipping over to the left side. But the only thing is, Reid, you do have to make a move. You know, you have to you have to do something if you activate everybody. Archibald is, you know, currently, of course, coming off an illness. I, I think Dave Tippett wants to get Chase on and Archibald up and running. If he does that on Saturday afternoon, there will be a roster move. And like I said, uh, I think, you know, two of those three players I mentioned, might be, you know, on the outside looking in as far as the lineup. Goalie, no idea.
2: Well, Rob and I were talking last night after the game. I think most Oilers fans would feel like there's not a, a wrong decision with the goalie tomorrow because both guys have done well enough. I mean, Smith had the two puck handling gaffes, but he made the saves he needed to. Koskinen kept the Oilers tied and then within a goal for the third period yesterday and this is uh this is something that we haven't said about the Oilers goaltending for a while where probably you know when fans uh flip on our show tomorrow and and they hear the starting goaltender they're probably going to think oh no okay that's fine regardless of who it is
3: well and the thing with Koskinen
2: is I thought you know 28 saves on 31 shots
3: didn't begin to tell the tale of how good he was against New Jersey the other night I I thought it, It was one of his better starts in his Edmonton career, to be honest with you. And that's, you know, fully in the knowledge that he's had four shutouts in an Oiler uniform, Reed. I I thought he came up with some clutch saves at exactly the right times. The Devils, for large stretches of that game, outscated the Oilers and could very well have been up two or three goals. And yet Koskinen kept it a one-goal margin, gave his team a chance to win. And I really thought that was vital to last night's game. So uh, it it is a tough decision because you look at Mike Smith and what he did against Vancouver. He wasn't great against L.A., but he's still still better than Jonathan Quick. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. I I don't know where they're going with the goaltending rotation, but I'll tell you this. They've got two goalies that, like the rest of the hockey club, are awfully confident right now.
2: And finally, Jack, are we putting a wager on the Brown Seahawks game on Sunday? Our favorite teams going head-to-head.
3: You're a Seahawks guy, aren't you? I suppose growing up at Edmonton, Reed, that was the NFL team to which you were most exposed. Y- you know what? You probably I- watching... The likes of Kenny Easley trying to track down Bo
2: Jack. <laughs> I didn't start cheered for them until 2004 when I went to a game there, and then I thought, okay, maybe it's time oh, to actually a, have a favorite what a surprise,
3: team. Reed, and they were in the Super Bowl next year. I, you know, I've got it bad enough that staffers with Alabama. Now I've got to deal with you getting on the Seahawks fan. Oh
2: come on, Jack!
3: go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> come on, Reed. You got to be
2: better than. Oh, them. you know I wouldn't. Yeah, you know I'm going to stick shot. with them. What's that? You you know I'm going to stick You're with them stick through with thick them and thin. Yes. All right. They've Better. had some bad years I, you know, in the last I, 15. I'm going to circle back to
3: you once uh, you know Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are out of the picture. Trust me. There's your MVP candidate. Look, here's how I break it down. Every time I think the Browns are going to win, they lose. Every time I think they're going to lose, they win. So... If it's me, I almost picked the Browns by three touchdowns because I haven't been right on one Cleveland game this year, which, as you know, Reed, pretty much goes with the rest of my prediction status. So uh, if you're looking for a handicap line for me, you've come to the wrong place. I've got nothing for you. All I can tell you is that if Seattle does win, I don't want to hear from you for at least a week.
2: Oh, no problem there, buddy. (laughs)
3: We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Reid, as always, I treasure our often antagonistic relationship, and I hope you do the same.
2: I definitely do, Jack. Thank you for coming on the show. Jack loves me deep down. I know that he does. 717 Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Frustrated fan writing in, and we're going to have some Eskimos uh, chat. I think we're we're going to have Mike Riley in a conversation with Morley Scott when we get back. Frustrated fan who, uh, speaking of, he and I have a uh, jovial, antagonistic relationship as well. Frustrated fan says, the Eskimos won't win another game. Oh, wait, they win this weekend and split against the Riders. I will be right one way or another. LOL. That is from frustrated fan. I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to bring up the prediction from 2015 that I constantly bring up and kind of poke them about. I just won't bring that up. But frustrated. I know frustrated fan wants the best for the Eskimos, and that that's. we'll just leave it at that. Ah, can the Eskimos get in? Well, here's the thing. If uh, Toronto beats Ottawa tonight and Toronto's up 27-10 at the start of the 4th, That eliminates Ottawa from finishing ahead of the Eskimos. So then it's just BC. And again, the Eskimos' magic number to eliminate BC is one. One win by the Eskimos or one loss by the Lions. So if the Eskimos lose tomorrow, they're still in pretty good shape, but gets a little more nerve-wracking down. On the stretch. Eskimos win tomorrow. It's all taken care of. They're in the playoffs. Dave Campbell will uh, break down some of the lineup changes for the green and gold and you will hear from your former quarterback Mike Riley when we get back. <laughs>
1: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962.
2: Two early goals by the U of A Golden Bears lead the Saskatchewan Huskies 2-0 about eight minutes into the game at Claire Drake Arena tonight. Eskimos-Lions tomorrow. He's been hit a lot this season, but he's kept on ticking. Lions quarterback Mike Riley speaking with Morley Scott.
0: Let's start, Mike, with where the BC Lions are at now compared to the last time the Eskimos saw the BC Lions. Oh, I mean, I, I feel like we're a much different team, um, as I feel like they are too, you know, the... Teams go through big changes over the course of an 18-game season, and and uh, you know neither us nor them is any different in in terms of you know we we've got different players on the roster, um, you know we have a different coach in one spot. We've had a lot of moving pieces jumping around, but we've also had some consistency over the last month, which has helped us out. Um, you know obviously Edmonton's last month month and a half hasn't gone how they wanted to, but that doesn't change my view of this team. I know that Edmonton is a very good football. Team team i know their defense is very challenging and gave us a lot of fits the two times that we played them earlier in the year so um, as confident as we feel in in ourselves and how we're playing uh, we understand uh, you know that we have to show up and play our best brand of football if we want to walk away with a win you mentioned the change in coach at the O-line Kelly Beats, what kind of a difference has he made? Well, you know, I think there's a ton of different factors that have gone into the changes for the better on our football team, Um, but I do think that Kelly's done a great job coming in. Um, It's always a challenging situation uh, when you have to make a change in mid-season, and now all the guys in the offensive line room that have been, you know, taught one thing now have to hear a different voice and and try to change some things up, but uh, they've done a great job of buying into everything that Kelly's brought, and I think that he's Done a good job of trying to understand their strengths and 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 play to those things, um, you know. But uh, the communication between them has been really good, um, you know. And, and certainly, I believe that that's that's been showing up on the field. Uh, you lost a weapon this week in the receiving corps. Yeah, Lamar's a great player, obviously, um, you know, and, and he'd be a challenge for anybody to, to replace. But uh, you know, it's a reality of football. You know, we went through that a lot when I was here in Edmonton, as you guys uh, well know. And, and and they've continued to go through that this season, um, you know. But it's a physical game, and, and you're. Never going to have the same exact roster all the way through the season and you know the teams that win football games are the ones that have the good depth and they they plug in place and and uh, and move on and and certainly we want lamar to get healthy as quick as he can but uh um you know we got guys that have a great opportunity to step up now
4: i uh, when you were at
0: edmonton you had let me see fred stamps darius bowman darrell walker brandon Zilstra, probably missing a guy or two in there where does brian burnham fit in on that list Man, it's hard to rank the guys, but you know he certainly is up there with the very best of them. Um, you know he's one of the best, if not the best, guy that I've ever played with in terms of everything that he brings to the table. You know, uh, he's he's fast, uh, he's quick in and out of breaks, but he's also smart. Um, you know his football awareness is very similar to to a Brandon Zylstra or when I was playing with Fred, and Fred was a savvy veteran and just understood all the ins and outs. But his toughness, um, you know, it, it reminds me of Duke in a sense of Duke was never afraid to take a hit to catch a ball Um, you know certainly Brian's body type is much different than Duke's was uh, you know but the the fearlessness of of going up for a ball uh, is is the same and so um, he's been an awesome weapon for us. Lions are playing on the edge for the remaining games of the season what's that feeling like? Uh, We've been playing that way for four weeks you know when you start off one and ten there's no uh, there's no confusion on what uh, what you need to get done uh, for the rest of the year and and that means you have you have absolutely no room for any slip-ups and, you know we're aware of the fact that we could play perfect the rest of the season win all of our games and still not be in the postseason we can't control that stuff what we can control is how we perform out there on the field and and we've been trying to take it one game at a time and just focus in on on uh, you know how we can play our best brand of football
2: Mike Riley yeah the lions uh, four wins in a row just to get to five and ten they were one and ten at one point this season. Game coming up tomorrow on 6.30, chat 3.30, countdown to kickoff game at 5 after the Oilers coverage, which will start at 9.30 with the face-off show. Uh, Dave Campbell will break it down a little bit more. Shaq Cooper will be the Eskimos running back tomorrow. No C.J. Gable. I, I know I got some uh, buddies who like the Eskimos, and they've been wanting Shaq Cooper. They're going to get their wish tomorrow we'll also catch up with oil kings defenseman matthew robertson oil kings did pretty good on that road trip to the east they went 3 0 and 2 they're back home for two games this weekend this is greg ellington of the edmonton eskimos and you're listening to inside sports with reed wilkins on 6 30 shed Ellison missed a couple practices earlier this week. He will be good to go tomorrow against the BC Lions. In the NHL, Panthers and Sabres heading to overtime, tied 2-2. The Ducks win 2-1 in Columbus. Anaheim 4-1 on the season under head coach Dallas Aikens. After 2, Carolina has a 4-2 edge on the New York Islanders. CFL tonight, Calgary and Saskatchewan about to get underway and about eight and a half minutes left in Toronto. Argos up 27-10 on Ottawa. Game one of the NLCS, middle of the fifth, Washington leading St. Louis 1-0 at Claire Drake Arena. Four minutes left in the first period, Alberta Golden Bears leading the Saskatchewan Huskies 2-0. A lot of storylines for your Eskimos as they get ready for the Lions to explore further color analyst here on 630 Ched, my buddy Dave Campbell. Dave, how are you doing? Great, I'm excellent. How are you? Well, I'm doing very well. I'm looking forward to our double header here on 630 Ched, mm-hmm. but the two teams whose games we broadcast in different situations, the Oilers have got out to a 4-0 start, which is nice, and uh, the Eskimos for the second straight year going through a really tough fall after yeah. uh, a pretty good summer, so I want to get into that sort of overall mood and some of their issues, but um, lineup changes and it's funny because a few people have said to me over the last few weeks that they would love to see Shaq Cooper Mm -hmm. maybe get some touches with Gable in the lineup as a maybe a change of pace or a different look. Well, Those people are getting Cooper, but they're not getting the combination. They're just getting Cooper.
5: No, they're not getting Gable. He's on the one-game injury list, so I guess that's a bit encouraging uh, for C.J. Gable, who suffered uh, looked like a knee injury in Hamilton last week, three yards away from 1,000, from uh, back-to-back 1,000-yard season. So uh, Shaq Cooper comes into the lineup, and I think Jason Moss said it best today in our meeting, that Shaq Cooper is dynamic, and he's versatile. And nothing against C.J. Gable, but C.J. Gable's yards, they usually end with a cloud of dust because he's a big, bruising, plodding back. You know what you're going to get with Gable is going to be straight ahead where Shaq Cooper can take every gap. He can take the middle... You know the 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 gap between guard and tackle and go off tackle. He can freelance a little bit more. Um, he is definitely, I think, more of a slasher, uh, make you miss back, and a, and a lot more dynamic, I think, than C.J. Gable. And that's not nothing against Gable because I think he is who he is, and who he is is a, a pretty good bruising. <clears throat> Running back, But uh, the one area that you get concerned about is is the, the pass protection, because Gable's one of the best in the league, if not the best at, at pass protection in passing situations. How is Shaq Cooper? But when you look at this Eskimo's offense, they're not clicking very well right now with Logan Kilgore as their quarterback, and he's getting somewhat better, but... He's not Trevor Harris. I'll just say that the the ball ends up in the other team's hands way too way too much with Logan Kilgore lately than it did with with uh, with uh, Trevor Harris. But Shaq Cooper could be a difference maker if they can stay balanced on offense and if Shaq Cooper can really affect the defense because he is so dynamic. Uh, not only in the run game, but he's a good passer or pass receiver as well. Mm-hmm. That gives the offense a chance.
2: Well, that's what's interesting to me, and I agree. You will worry about the pass protection, especially with a less experienced quarterback. Gabe Gable, I think, is better churning out yards after contact. Mm-hmm. But if they can get Cooper the ball with some short passes, maybe that's going to help we get some yards after catch because he's shown he can he can do that in the past. On defense. The mystery man, the, the, the <laughs> man we were wondering, would we see him play this year? Part of that huge crop of free agent signings. I'm rubbing my hands.
5: <laughs> finally going to see Javon Santos Not. I can't wait to see this man play. And I remember we talked to him, or you talked to him shortly after he signed in Edmonton back in February. And I know you love talking to him. I love listening to the interview. And then training camp, he doesn't uh, participate in any of the games. Uh, doesn't come back until the third week. And then, well, let's backtrack even further. Broke his ankle November 3rd last year. Right here, was mem- yeah. yeah. As I remember the Winnipeg Blue Bombers had to miss the playoffs uh, for the Bombers. So he suffers a setback late in training camp. And then they have to put him on the six-game injured list. And then they had to put him on the six-game injury list again because there was talk after he would serve that first six-game stint that he was close, he'd be ready to go. Suffers another setback. So, been practicing the last two weeks. Uh, Could have played last week in Hamilton, but Jason Moss wanted to be really sure. It's that old coaching moniker of, even if you think your athlete's ready, maybe wait one more week with certain guys, right? And Santos Knox did not take that very well. He was very angry. He practiced like a heat-seeking missile in Hamilton. where to the point where Jason Moss said, okay, calm down, because remember, you're playing your teammates. Sure. <laughs> um, but Javon Santos Knox, I remember a game last year when he was with Winnipeg. It was the first meeting against the Eskimos in late September, and the and the Bombers manhandled the Eskimos that night. It was like 30-3, 27-3, whatever. And that night... Javon Santos-Knox really affected the offense led by Mike Riley that night. He was all over the field. And as good as Vontae Diggs has been, and he's been good, Javon Santos-Knox, I think, brings it to another level. I think he helps that linebacking core big time. He helps that front seven. That front seven is going to be key because if you look at the Eskimos back in, ugh, that's tough. Yeah. you got to give Mike Riley, give him pressure, you got to hit him. You got to affect his timing because if he has time to throw, I'm nervous about what the Eskimos have in that secondary when you're defending that receiving core with a Brian Burnham in it.
2: This game is interesting to me. Well, I mean, obviously it's it's just a big game because the Eskimos can finally nail down a playoff spot. BC keeps their hope alive with a win, but both teams are now where? Who have they beaten? Well, they both beat Montreal, yep. who are above 500 and who are a dangerous team. But there's a but there for both teams Mm. because Edmonton beat them the very first game of the season. Yep. (laughs) And BC beat them when Montreal didn't have their quarterback and Montreal made a decision to go for a touchdown Mm. instead of a field goal late late in the game. Yep. So then they've both beaten Toronto twice. They've Mm -hmm. both beaten Ottawa twice. Mm -hmm. So the only advantage... Edmonton has is that they beat BC twice to get the the couple of extra wins that's right so BC rides in here on a four game losing streak but I'm still saying well wait a minute the who have they beaten argument is the same that applies to the Eskimos so I I know the Eskimos are struggling but I also think well okay now maybe we're really going to find out where each team is at that since they're playing each other
5: yeah a couple of points there so the the Lions have a four game win streak who do they beat they beat Ottawa twice. They beat Montreal with Matthew Schultz, a quarterback, right. not Vernon Adams, and that controversial decision to go for it with Antonio Pipkin fumbling, and they beat the Argos. Well, the Eskimos have beaten those teams, too. But who would you rather be right now? The team coming in, riding a four game win streak, or the team that has lost five
2: of six? Well, you're right. The- I'd sooner have the win streak, and I'd sooner have Riley at quarterback, obviously. Yeah,
5: absolutely. Belief and confidence is what the Lions have in abundance. The Eskimos don't have a lot of it. And that's why you've heard players on the Eskimos say, Natalia put up or shut up, right? We got to do it now. Like, we got to stop waiting. We got to do it now. Amondo Seawell saying, we need momentum. We don't have any. You know, we haven't done anything. So the thing about football, and it's true with, with any sport, but in football, when every game, in my view, has its own identity and it's just it's just so different because momentum can be generated um, very fast in football. You also lose it very fast, but it's very up and down. Can the Eskimos generate momentum in this game? Sure they can't. What they what they got to fight against is and Jason Ma says, you know, we don't want to treat it as 5 of 6. The players know what it is though. Yeah, you can't they escape, know you can't escape that. You see the looks on their faces. They're sick of losing. They're sick of it. Yeah. They've had one win. In the last six games, that's a long stretch of time. The Lions are the better team right now just because they have the belief and the confidence, right? And they got the better quarterback. Mike Raleigh is is better than Logan Kilgore. But the Eskimos, if they're going to win tomorrow, the swagger comes from their defense. And they can come out and, and dictate the game, in my opinion. Special teams has to dictate the game. You know, Kristen Jones has been very close. Mm-hmm. Sean White has been kicking the ball really well. So has Hugh O'Neill. The coverage units last week took a step back. You know, Frankie Williams had a good day mm-hmm. uh, with the Tiger Cats um, in Hamilton. But on offense, man, you know, Logan Kilgore is going to have to have his best game that he's ever had, in my opinion. You know, protect the football, go through his progressions better, and they're going to need Shaq Cooper. they got to establish a run game for sure. If they don't establish a run game, it's a long game. But the the lines are coming in; they're just absolute big time, pumping their chest swagger. All the pressure is on Edmonton tomorrow. Yep. All the pressure is on Edmonton, in my opinion. So.
2: Well, and to me, it's not even just it? five of the last six. It's la- It's last year too. Yep. It's last year too. BC was, BC didn't start as poorly as they did this this year, mm-hmm. but we're behind everybody. Yeah. the whole year and caught up and passed Edmonton cuz wasn't Edmonton finally eliminated on their bye week yeah that's Cause, right because they were sitting at they didn't win enough and they're sitting at home yeah. and other teams win and they're out this is what you don't want from the Eskimos this is what you don't want a
5: win eliminates them right tomorrow but if you don't win you can't sit back and go oh we can get some help
2: because the lions are on thin ice they lose one more game they're done. Yeah, they're not in a they're actually in a worse situation than the Eskimos. They're just playing yeah. much better lately. Yeah. So
5: the Eskimos need to employ the same philosophy as they did in Ottawa, even though it was a real struggle. But you had a chance to bury a team and they did in the end. Tomorrow, it's gotta be the same sort of mindset. We've beat them twice. Now both teams are different, but they're on our turf. We know our situation. We don't care about what the Lions have done. We just got to come out one game. You treat it as a one-game playoff, and you come out and win that football game. The bye week is better, and then the Eskimos can treat those final two games a bit differently from a health standpoint. You still want to win those games, but you know what I mean. Um, So the Eskimos have to come with a ton of urgency, and they cannot come out on their own turf and lay an egg. They can't do what they did three weeks ago against the Tiger Cats. If that happens tomorrow, there's something up with this team. There's something up.
2: Dave, have a good game. Thank you. Dave Campbell, producer of this show. He's on the Eskimos broadcast with Morley Scott. and It has been a tough goal for the green and gold lately. Florida and Buffalo now in a shootout. Jack Eichel just scored on the first shot of the shootout to give Buffalo the edge. We'll update you on that when we get back. Matthew Robertson from your Oil Kings. A little bit more from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett, all before the top of the hour. I'm Connor McDavid
0: from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet.
2: Buffalo beating Florida 3-2 in a shootout. That one wrapped up during the commercial break. Oilers tomorrow, 11 a.m. Game start against the New York Rangers. Of course, the
1: Oilers 4-0. Here's Dave Tippett. We talked about that from the first day of camp, that we need a good start. You know, this is, we I thought our training camp was solid, and uh, I think we really took to heart that we wanted to start the season and get a good start you know so it's early but we've uh, we've managed to put a few points on the board and hopefully we can continue to build our group to I think there's a lot more group left in this group a lot more growth left in this group I'd like to see us there's some stuff we can do a lot better than we did uh, we've done on a more consistent basis but so far so good
2: and Tippett also had this to say about Leon Dreisaitl.
1: He got a lot of accolades last year for the 50 goals, so that's, that puts him on a plateau there. But I think there's there's a lot more to his game than than goal scoring. Like to me, he's a. It's been fun to watch him dig into the times where we really needed to. It's not about offense part of the game. Like we had a five on three against LA the other night, and he's the guy out there, the one forward out there, and he's. He's loving that. Like that's a challenge for him, you know. So there's a, there's more to his game than scoring goals. Um, you know, I think the, those two top players feed off each other. They enjoy that. But he's another one, just like Connor. Like he's he wants to win. He wants to win, and he's willing to do those other things to help us win, other than just scoring goals or personal accolades.
2: All right, Oilers back at it tomorrow. Oil Kings home games tomorrow and Sunday. And welcome back to Inside Sports. Oil Kings defenseman Matthew Robertson. Matthew, how are you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing very well. It's nice to have you on the show again. Uh, Pretty good start to the season for the Oil Kings. I want to talk about that. But congratulations to you. You got the entry-level contract with the New York Rangers. And obviously you got to spend some of training camp with them. What was that experience like?
4: Um, it was a pretty cool experience. I mean, it was my first NHL training camp, and I mean, going in, I was pretty nervous. But I mean, it was a really good experience overall.
2: What type of things did you really take away from that? That hope you hope help, help you here with the Oil Kings and as you move along with your hockey career.
4: Um, for me, just going into there, I think just the pace of the game, kind of a little bit of an eye opener, and just I thought it just helped my game a lot. I thought it's something I can definitely take back, just playing faster and just. I got I kinda got used to the speed when I was there, so I try to take that back and also just defending a lot and getting used to defending against some of the pro players. I mean you gotta take away the time and space quicker and I think that's something I can take back as well. But also like coming back I thought the pace of the game was a little bit slower. So I thought just being more patient with the puck as well.
2: Okay. Well, you guys just had a, a road trip, one of those long ones in the Western Hockey League. You went 3-0 and 2 as you hit some teams in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Matthew, how do you uh, deal with those long trips, staying focused uh, a lot of time on the bus? I mean, I know there's camaraderie, but there, you can probably get bored a little bit too. Uh, so, how do you handle these long trips? Uh, yeah, it's,
4: I mean, the bus rides are pretty fun. We try to keep ourselves busy, just whether it be watching movies or playing cards with your teammates. We always try to stay busy, and, and they're pretty long road trips. They're kind of hard on the body, but, I mean, yeah, we try to team build as much as we can and just kind of get get stronger as a team, I guess, just team, through team building.
2: What was the movie of choice on the bus, dare I ask?
4: <laughs> um, It's kind of different every road trip, I'd say. Um, it's usually... It's different every road trip. I can't say if there's one in particular. Okay. You watch quite a few. All right.
2: Uh, I, I mean, what, what do you like to? What do you like to do on the road? Do you just try to rest and and chill out when there's a quiet moment? I mean, I know you're you're traveling a lot, but uh, do you take a book with you? Or uh, I, mean, I guess you're not in school anymore. So what do you what do you try to do?
4: Um. Yeah. Some guys will do homework on the road, but um, me personally, I will usually you know watch a movie or just try to. Try to rest and just try to get some sleep when I can, and some downtime. But yeah, I like personally, I just like doing certain things, such as playing cards and just even just talking with some of the guys about hockey and stats. Some guys have fantasy pools with NHL and know, but yeah, it's kind of different for each person.
2: Okay, all right. Well, you know, the Oil Kings, like I said, three zero and two on that road trip, five one and three for the season. So a pretty good record. Obviously, you'd like a little better luck in overtime, I suppose, but. What's the vibe around the team this year? And obviously pretty high expectations for the Oil Kings after what you guys were able to accomplish last year.
4: Yeah, I think coming this year, I think we all kind of have a similar goal of just going all the way. And we got our foot wet a little bit last year, just getting some taste of some playoff experience. And I mean, we have a lot of returners coming back this year. So I think we just have to set the bar high and aim to achieve it. I mean... We've had a good start, but still a long season ahead of us, so we've got to stay focused and play our game.
2: All right, and home games uh, this weekend against Calgary and Portland. Give us a sense of what to expect.
4: Um, Calgary's a pretty good team. I mean, they just got their captain back as well from pro. So, I mean, they've, they've had a pretty hot start. And uh, Last time we played them, we lost in overtime, so I like, think we're kind of holding that against them, and kind of remember that. It's, not too long ago, so we've got to come at them pretty strong, and that'll be a good game. And Portland, um, we don't really play them very often, so I'm not really sure what to expect. But you know, just got to play our game, and I mean, nothing should really change playing them.
2: All right, Matthew. Well, again, congratulations on getting the contract with the Rangers. Always great to catch up with
4: you. All the
2: best this weekend.
4: Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on,
2: Matthew Robertson. Keep an eye on him for sure. Really good Edmonton Oil King camp with the New York Rangers has his entry-level contract uh, he's definitely going to be in the NHL someday down the road really good guy good to catch up with him absolutely I, I want to uh, wish uh, all the best to a colleague in the media here Corey Graham who does the play-by-play for the Oil Kings on TSN 1260 uh, you've probably read or heard about his uh, health issues over the last couple of years he has been through a lot uh, I mean Corey a guy I've uh, seen around the rink I've got to know him a little bit and uh, he's back calling Oil Kings games tomorrow. He's uh, had some pretty uh, serious health battles, and he's worked through those really hard. I mean, he's, he's been through a lot. I can't really put it into words, but I just want to wish Corey all the best. It'll be great to have him uh, back calling games for the Edmonton Oil Kings. really important part of our sports community here in Edmonton, so I want to wish Corey all the best. Absolutely. Final look at the scoreboard here. Sabres, as I mentioned, beat the Panthers 3-2 in a shootout. The Ducks are 4-1, beating the Blue Jackets 2-1. Hurricanes knock off the Islanders 4-2. About six minutes into the game in Calgary, the Stampeders up 3-1 on the Saskatchewan Roughriders. Late in the fourth quarter, about two and a half minutes left. Ottawa hanging around, but trailing Toronto 28-18. Bottom six in St. Louis. Cardinals trail the Nationals 1-0 game one of the NLCS. Start of the second period at Claire Drake Arena. U of A Golden Bears lead the Saskatchewan Huskies. 2-0 Canada West Men's Hockey. All right, I will talk to you at 9.30 in the morning. Face-off show for the Oilers and the Rangers. Game will start at 11. We'll do overtime open line until 3.30. Then we'll hand the reins to Morley and Dave as they have the countdown to kick off for the Eskimos and the Lions. And then that game will start at 5. Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. Kellen, thanks for everything this week. You're doing football tomorrow? Yep. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Going to be at any wrestling this weekend? Uh, be catching up on PVR. I You'll always find some somewhere. And you know what? It's been a busy week, so. <laughs> good stuff. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the texts and phone calls. Always good to talk with you. My name is Reed Wilkins. Happy Thanksgiving. Maybe
3: tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep
0: moving
1: on It's Friday.